right into it. You know, I, I call this our steak and potatoes night. You know, some of the stuff we give, you know, you can get it through a straw and it's real good and still beneficial. But these are some of the messages sometimes we got to chew on. You got to really dig into this. You got to cut it open, right? You got to use the silverware on this one. This isn't finger foods. You've got to really dig into this. And so Matthew chapter 13, I'm really just going to look at one verse and we're going to kind of break it down. And then we'll follow it up with a couple other things. But here in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is giving a parable. And he loved to speak in parables. Loved to speak in parables. What's a parable? A parable is a natural story with a spiritual meaning. Simply what it is. And, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't someone that, you know, tried to talk over people's heads and just, hey, catch up to where I'm at. If you you, uh, can... Uh, understand what I'm saying, then good for you. No, he, he tried to break the kingdom down. And if you read through these parables, especially here in Matthew chapter 13, um, you know, he was constantly comparing the kingdom, which is something that nobody knew, something that nobody really ever experienced. And he's breaking it down to stuff that these people know. The kingdom of God is like a field. The kingdom of God is like a lost coin. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet. Why? Because he's surrounded by fishermen. He's surrounded by farmers. He's surrounded by people that understand these things. And so he's giving natural stories that have a spiritual meaning. And the only thing that determined whether they got it or not was where their eyes were set. That's why he would make statements like, you have ears to hear but cannot hear, and you have eyes to see and cannot see. He's not talking about natural eyes and ears to hear and see with. He's talking about your spiritual ability to hook up with what he was saying. And so uh, here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, he says this again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Let's read it one more time. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So let's break this parable down because there's some things that I want to uncover tonight, literally uncover. The title of my message tonight is Uncovering the Impossible. Uncovering the Impossible. And so Jesus is talking about a man that realizes that there's a field that contains something that is inside it, that's buried within it. The word hidden literally means to conceal. The word hidden means it's concealed, it's out of sight, it's not uh, noticeable at, at first glance. That means there's going to take some work. You know, when something's hidden, there's work involved to uncover it, right? If something is hidden, if you have lost something, or if somebody has gone through the work to hide something, you ever played hide-and-go-seek as a child? You count to ten? I played today with my son, and he said, one, two, 
seven, nine, ten. I was like, okay, I see what you did there. You little sneaky guy. You tricked me up. Hey, he still counted to ten. He got there. Maybe just not the same way you and I would have. Actually, he probably took the smarter route. I'm going to use that next time I play hide-and-go-seek. I'm going to just, hey, I counted to ten. I just skipped some stuff. But when you're looking for something that's been hidden, there's work involved. It's not just, oh, there it is, unless you just haven't done very, a very good job of hiding, and then you aren't really hidden. But when you're hidden, you're concealed, you're out of sight, and there's work involved to find this thing. So this man finds a treasure that is hidden, and he hides it, places it back into the field. Then he goes and purchases what? The treasure? No, it says, it says here in my Bible that he goes and purchases the whole field for the treasure. That's hidden within it. I want to let you know tonight that God is in the business of purchasing real estate. He's in the real estate business. And the field that the treasure is hidden inside of is you and I. We are the field. And God is going around trying to buy up property. Is literally what's he doing? What does it say in Genesis chapter 1? Genesis chapter 2, in fact, actually tells us that we were made out of the dust of the ground, dirt. You and I are dirt. And then he breathed his spirit into us. What did he do? He placed the treasure inside of us. And so we are the fields. That God, when, when someone comes into the kingdom, God has just purchased a field. And he didn't buy the field for the sake of the field. He bought the field because he knows what's inside of the field. Amen? There's something hidden in there. We're uncovering the impossible. So God gave up all that he had to access the treasure. What did he give up? His only begotten son. The most valuable thing that he had. We've said it before this way. The only thing that he only had one of. I mean, he didn't give up a few stars. He didn't give up some trees or some mountains or some of the oceans. He didn't give up some animals. He gave up the only thing that he only had one of. And that was his only son, Jesus. He gave up. His son to purchase the treasure. Now, here's the thing. You may have heard this uh, said before. Something is only as valuable as what someone is willing to pay for it. See, sometimes we place value on things, but someone else may not place the same value on it. I remember uh, last summer I was trying to sell my truck. Some of you may remember uh, that I had a uh, black pickup truck. And I put it out on Craigslist and it was trying to sell it. And um, I set a value for it. But apparently nobody else had the same value for the vehicle that I did. Because honestly, I would have paid that amount of money for the truck. And I knew what I had in the truck. I knew what I put into it. So I had a value, but it's only as valuable as what someone else is willing to 
to pay for it. But how many of you know there are some things that people have purchased and they would admittedly say, I would actually have paid more than what I did pay for it. I got a bargain. I got a deal. I would have gone up to this. And God revealed his value for the treasure inside you and I based upon what he paid to purchase it. I mean, this is no cheap treasure now. He's giving up his only son. What determines the value of the treasure is what the purchaser is willing to give up to obtain it. The value for the treasure is determined by what the purchaser is willing to let go of to get the treasure. That's where the true value is. See, you and I, we have this treasure, and, and you may have even come to identify there's a treasure here. But you may not have the same value for the treasure that God does. For some of us, God has a greater value for the treasure than even you and I do. Because if we had the same value for the treasure that God has placed on the treasure, we might treat the treasure differently. We might be careful where we take the treasure We might be careful what we allow to influence and impact our treasure. We might use our treasure more, right? The true value in something is in what you do with it. You can say it's valuable to you, but if you never use it or never apply it or never really draw on its effectiveness, then how valuable is it? You know, the world loves to value things by not using them. Ever watch MTV Cribs? Ever watch that fun show? And watch a bunch of people with just so much stuff they don't even know what to do with? Cars that have never been driven? (laughs) TVs that have probably never been turned on? Couches that have never been sat on? Homes that have never really been lived in? I just, I have this thing over on the coast, you know, if I ever want to go, stay there. Right? And they think that's valuable. That's not valuable. That means it could be taken out from under you and you wouldn't even know it. And you wouldn't even care. Today would be no different than yesterday. But when something is really valuable to you, when you are, when you're missing it, you know it. You ever lost something and it took a long time for you to realize you lost? Wow, I haven't seen those those shoes in a long time. I love those shoes. No, you didn't. It took you three weeks to realize they were gone. I used to wear those shoes every day. Nope. Not for the last three weeks you didn't. You didn't even know they were gone. You didn't even know they were in your clothes. They took my shoes. I can't believe they did that. I'm going to get my favorite shoes back. All of a sudden you want them because you don't have them. The value is now determined because you just don't have it in your possession. But the true value is determined by what the purchaser is willing to give up. Well, God gave up all that he had. He gave up his most valuable possession. My only begotten son in whom I am well pleased. God didn't. This wasn't no garage sale. This wasn't a, a bartering agreement. Uh, you know, I'll give you 25 cents. Well, sir, it's, it's Mark 50 cents. No, I'll give you 25 cents. I hate garage sales. <laughs> Pathetic. Sad stuff. You literally don't have another George Washington in your pocket right now. 
you cannot pull out another quarter. 50 cents, man. I mean, really? But this is not a garage. So this is no rummage. This is God saying, here's all that I have because I want that treasure. It's inside the field. The word buy means to release at a cost. To release at a cost. So he has now gotten this field that contains a treasure at a cost. It costs God something to get you in the kingdom. It costs him something. And so, you know, sometimes we don't really... I just kind of want to relish in this moment real quick because sometimes we don't really understand the full impact of that because Jesus rose again in three days. But can you imagine God who has always existed? There's no beginning to him being separated from his son for three days. I mean, just think about that. Someone you've never been separated from. There's never been a sever. There's never been a separation. There's never been any discord or disunity. And now he's having to turn his back on his son because he's taken on the sins of the world. This is what God gave up. This is what our king, our father gave up. Why? To purchase our field that contains the treasure. He received a field based upon a cost. Also notice that the man didn't buy the field because of what it looked like on the outside. The man didn't buy the field based upon what it looks like on the outside. You know, this one hits home for us because we've had a lot of people in our lives that have walked past us, taken us for granted, because they're going based upon what we look like on the outside. All they see is your past. All they see is who you presently are. All they see are your faults and your failures, your weaknesses. They see your young age. They see your lack of skill. They see your lack of finance. They see your lack of resource. They see your lack of knowledge. They, they see your lack of uh, knowledge schooling-wise and education. We've dealt with this all our life of people that have overlooked our field because of what the field looked like on the surface. The man isn't buying this field because it's just an awesome field. Because, to be honest with you, fields come with a lot of work. Fields come with a lot of dirt. Fields have a lot of weeds. There's a lot of stuff in fields that you have to get rid of before we even get to the treasure. And we've all dealt with people in our lives that didn't want to deal with the field. But this man purchased a, laid down a great price, gave up at a great cost all that he had, all that belonged to him to purchase the field because of not what it looked like in the present, but because of the future 
it contained. He is not purchasing this field because of what it is producing, but because of what he knows it can produce. That's called potential. Potential is stored capacity. And he realizes that within this field is stored up a capacity to help people. A capacity to reach a lost world. A capacity to do great things. A capacity to make my name great. The man did not purchase the field because of what it looked like. On the outside, he purchased it because of what was buried, what was hidden within it. How do you know valuable relationships? The ones that will stick around until they see greatness come out of you. And the ones that will help you get the greatness out of you. They don't turn their back at the first time you mess up. They don't walk away the first time uh, you trip and fall. They're not afraid to be around uh, your inconsistencies. They'll get around that stuff and they'll say, hey, let's just keep moving out some of this dirt. Let's just keep getting rid of some of this stuff because I know that there's something greater. Those are the people you want to be around. Those are the people that are worth, worth hanging around and worth investing in and having invest in you. Because they're not looking at you based upon the stuff on the outside. They're looking at you based upon what's on the inside. Whether you reveal it or not. And they'll help get it out of you. See, sometimes we have to realize that the value is not evident to others. Think of how many people went past this field and passed it up. Because it was just a big, dirty field. Not realizing that there was a treasure inside of it that would be worth giving it all up for. That would be worth paying a great price for. Because it was going to produce something in the future. You don't determine the value of your treasure based upon what other people see. And this is a danger that we make in our lives. This is a danger. This is a trap that we fall into is we base our value by how other people value us. See, I didn't I didn't base my value for that vehicle based upon what other people said. It might not be that valuable to you, but this is how valuable it is to me. And don't let other people devalue your gift. Because they're looking at your field. If they don't want to take time to uncover the treasure within you, then it's not worth it. Bottom line, it's not worth it. I don't care how long you've known them. I don't care if they're blood relationship. Sometimes the, the toughest relationships uh, that we have are family. Why? Because they know us the best. They know every fault and failure. They know everything that we do wrong. They know all of our weaknesses. And so they have the hardest time connecting with the greatness on the inside. And you're not alone. Jesus had the same issue. I mean, he's going into all these other towns that value the treasure inside the field. But he goes back home to Nazareth 
around a bunch of people that saw him grow up, saw him play with their kids out in the yard, saw him make tables and bedroom furniture for them and rocking chairs. And they're thinking this is the carpenter, son of Mary and Joseph, brother of all they saw was the earthly external relationships. But the other one saw him as Lord, saw him as teacher, saw him as rabbi, saw him as master. Saw him as Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Saw him as the Messiah, the soon and coming king. I mean, on his birthday, I mean, he comes into the earth and he's already got people bowing down to worship him. Why? Because they knew there's a treasure inside of this field. And so we can't allow our value to be determined by what other people think or say about us. You will stunt your growth. You will keep that treasure buried. You'll keep that treasure in the ground. And it will never come out until we get past what other people think about. This treasure, this field is purchased based upon what it can produce in the field. And notice this, that the treasure is not for the field. The treasure is not for you. The treasure that is within you is to minister to the needs of the world. I put it this way. The world needs your treasure to come out. It's It's not an option for us, guys. It's not. There is greatness inside of us that can help meet the needs of so many people around us. And when I say the world, I mean your world. I'm not saying you have to go to Africa and do missions work and go to Russia and start ministering to some slave camps and, you know, do all that. I'm talking in your own world, in your own field, in your own backyard, in your own home. There's people that need your treasure. Your children need your treasure. Your spouse needs your treasure. Your co-workers need your treasure. The, the guy at the checkout lane at Publix that you see once a week needs your treasure. The greatness that is inside of you is not for you. It's to minister to the needs of the world. This man that purchased this field knows this. If I can get this field and uncover the treasure, I can help some people out. I can help somebody out. God knows this that the way that He's going to make His kingdom impact in the earth today is through your treasure. God isn't impacting anybody outside of using you and I. Just think about it. You weren't impacted by God. Without somebody else being used for the kingdom. There's some individual, if you go back down the line, that you know was instrumental as a vessel being used by God that got you to where you're at today. Somebody allowed God to uncover some treasure. So that you could be changed for the kingdom. It's a chain reaction. In turn, we are to allow our gifts, allow our treasure to come out so we can meet somebody else's need.
It's simple. And we have to value every moment. You've got to value uh, every opportunity that you have to minister to the need of someone else. It doesn't have to be on stage with the microphone in your hand. I tell you right now that, that this is not the only time that I'm making impact in people's lives. Period. I make impact when I'm getting my hair cut. I make impact when I'm buying groceries. I, I make impact when I'm at the gas station. I make impact when I'm at work. I make an impact when I think that I'm doing something for myself and I find that I'm really in that situation, in that spot to minister to the need of someone else. Make an impact. So the treasure is not for you. It's for the world. Now, here's what we have to look at. This treasure is buried. This treasure is hidden. This treasure is concealed. And hidden, buried, concealed treasure helps nobody. So now we've got to go through an excavation process. We've got to find a way to get the dirt out of the way so that people can access our treasure. It's now our responsibility. It's now uh, 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 the, the, the next assignment on the list after the field is purchased is get the dirt out of the way so we can uncover the treasure. Because just buying the field and leaving the treasure in the dirt isn't helping anybody. The next job assignment is to uncover it, get it out of the ground so it can help somebody. We've got to find a way to get our treasure out of the way. The dirt will rob the treasure of its effectiveness. I don't care how valuable the treasure is. I don't care how much potential is within the treasure. I don't care uh, 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 how much treasure there is. If it's covered up by dirt, it's doing nothing. Let me put it this way. A dirt, a, a field with no treasure and a field with treasure covered by dirt both have the same level of effectiveness. What do I mean? You might as well not even have the treasure in there if we're never going to pull it out. So we've got to find a way to get the treasure out. Until we get the dirt out of the way, the treasure is useless. It's taking up space in the ground. But if we can remove the dirt, if we can get all the junk out of the way and get the treasure up, now we can start making an impact for the kingdom of God. Look at Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Pastor Mark chapter 8. Just kidding. JK. <laughs> Mark chapter 8. Let's look at verse 34. 
And when he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? What will it gain a man if he has treasure buried within him but never uncovers it? The key to uncovering the treasure in your life is denying yourself. Because your flesh, your wills, your wants, your desires, that's all the dirt, that's all the junk that is burying your treasure. We can't have both. You can't have dirt and treasure. We can't have both. And it's a shame that so many people go to the grave with buried treasure. Miles Monroe says it this way. He says the, the graveyard is the richest place on the planet. In the graveyard, there's books that were never written. Songs that were never sung. Sermons that were never preached. Businesses that were never started in the graveyard because we left the dirt on top of the treasure. We've got to find a way to uncover the treasure. We've got to find a way to excavate this field. We've got to find a way to go in and dig up, get rid of all the junk, all the dirt, all the weeds, all the roots, all the mess. That is stifling the potential of the treasure. Because treasure is not effective until it's uncovered. We've got to uncover the treasure. Notice this. We are the only ones that limit the potential of the treasure. We're the only ones. God has already purchased the field. It's done. It's been accomplished. He bought us with a price, a very valuable price. The purchase has been made. The signature has been signed. The, t- the title deed has been turned over. We're no longer of the kingdom of darkness. We're now of the kingdom of His beloved Son, with, seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. We have been purchased. Our field has been purchased. And Jesus bought you junk and treasure, all of it. But now he wants to get rid. Think of how many people that would have bought the field once they realized there's treasure inside of it. Everybody wants that field. Think of how many people would negotiate, look, I, I don't want the field. Just What, what, what are you going to charge me for that treasure? But now Jesus bought us all of it. But now we've got to get the dirt out of the way. We're the only ones that limit our potential. 
you realize that no one else has control over your destiny. So don't give them that power. Don't give them the power of controlling your destiny and controlling your life. Sometimes we act like uh, uh, we're not successful until somebody, until I meet the right one, uh, I'm just not perfect. Uh, Until uh, I can get this person to come to church, until I can get this person saved, until until my children come back home and come back to the Lord. Uh, And we can we can always do this. But I'm going to tell you right now, God never obligated your success to someone else's participation in your life. I'll say that again. God never obligated your success to be tied to someone else's participation. Your success is determined by you and only you. Whether that other person ever comes alongside or not, righteousness will stand all by itself. Noah had to stand all by himself. Abraham had to stand all by himself. Moses eventually had to stand all by himself. Joshua even stood all by himself. David had to stand all by himself. Jesus eventually had to stand all by himself. Jesus wasn't going to the cross as long as his 12 disciples were backing him up. But once they fell away, then he was off target. No, he said, I'm going whether you're coming or not. Because the only thing that determines my success is my obedience to the word and to my father. And it has nothing to do with you. You want to come along for the ride? Go ahead. Don't give people that power over your life. They don't control your destiny. No one else has control. The only one that can keep the treasure from coming up is you. Really, in, in the end, it comes down to this. How much dirt are you, are you willing to get rid of? And this dirt excavation process is called spiritual growth. The more you grow, the more treasure comes up. The more dirt you uncover the more treasure gets revealed. You realize the the more dirt that we move out of the way, the more treasure gets revealed. And revealed treasure is powerful. Revealed treasure has so much power, so much capacity. Once we're able to get it out of the ground. So our ability to lay aside ourselves determines the effectiveness of our treasure. The more treasure you can reveal, the more treasure you can minister to others. The more treasure you can get up, the more treasure you can pull out the more greatness you can uncover in your life, the more others will be impacted as a result. But our desires and our wants, they will keep our treasure buried. And like I said, a buried treasure makes no impact. This is cool. 
When we lose our life, we gain our treasure. When you lose your life, you gain your treasure. He says, what, 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 does, it, uh, what, what does it profit? What is the profit? What is the profit? What is left over when you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What does it matter if you gain the whole world but lost your life? And the value of your life in the process. That word profit means excess. The word profit means left over. If it costs me $100 to set up a lemonade stand. And then I do my little lemonade stand and make $100. I haven't made any profit. There's no, there's nothing left over. There's no excess. Everything I've uh, spent is all that I got in return. And he's saying here that you've worked and you've spent and then everything you got in return only equaled what you spent. And see, there's people that are spending and there's even people that you see that are getting a return. But what you don't realize is that what the re- what's being returned to them is only taking care of what they spent. We can look at the world and we can see people that look successful and look rich. Look like they have all the fame and all the popularity in the world. Can can buy anything. But you don't realize that they've been spending to get all that. And everything they're getting in return is only taking care of the cost it took to get it. But when you get in the kingdom... When you get a hold of your treasure, you begin to find out that things get added to you. That you didn't work for that. That thing is now being added to you because the king wants to add to your life. He wants you at the end to be able to show profitable. Be in the green. Have a net income that is higher than what went out. And you'll spend, but you'll find out that in the end... There's going to be something left over for me to enjoy. That's the kingdom life. The only ones that can keep the treasure from coming up is ourselves. We have to gain a value for what's on the inside over what's on the outside. You have to gain a value for what's on the inside over what's on the outside. You might not like what you see on the outside. And you may like what you see on the outside. But either way, you have to gain a value for what's on the inside. You may wake up every day and look in the mirror and be happy with where you're at on the outside. You may be confident But there's still something more valuable on the inside. You may wake up in the morning and you don't like what you see. That's all right. It's all getting removed anyways. 
It's all getting excavated. There's, there's someone coming in with a shovel that's picking that stuff and moving it out and says, that's okay, because there's greatness on the inside. I don't need you to graduate with a bachelor's degree to use you. I don't need you to have $100,000 in the bank account to pull out the treasure. I don't need you to have uh, fame and popularity. I don't need you to be able to speak with eloquence. I don't need you to drive this type of car or live in this kind of house. I don't need you to have this many friends. I just need to get the dirt out of the way because the treasure treasure that's on the inside is more valuable than what you see on the outside. And look, there's dirt there that you want gone. But there's also dirt there that we like to hang on to. When he starts coming in and you, you start offering up all the things, man, I, I don't want this addiction. I, I, don't, I don't want to, this kind of attitude and, and I don't want this behavior. Take, the, take my pride away. Take my anger away. Take my bad temper away. Take my, my, my foul mouth away. But then there's stuff that you still want to hold on to. I, I, don't take those friends and, and don't take that habit. Don't take that TV show and he's trying to move dirt and you're slinging it back on top of the treasure. And the more dirt you leave in the ground, the less effectiveness your treasure has in the earth. We want effective treasure, not buried treasure. James chapter 1 verse 22. Close with this. James chapter 1 verse 22. Is this good? This is good tonight. Amen. James chapter 1 verse 22. But be doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But verse 25 says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. The word is the shovel that God uses to get the dirt out of the way. Every time you get in the word, God's trying to remove more dirt. And your application of your word and your obedience to his word is what determines how much dirt gets removed. So God purchases the field and then he brings in his word and says, all right, let's start moving this dirt out of the way. Let's start slinging some of this stuff off of here because there's buried treasure in here. And if we can get this treasure out, we can make an impact in the kingdom of God. And he paid a high price to purchase the field with the buried treasure. And now he comes in with his word and starts moving dirt. This is how you talk in the kingdom. This is the fruit of the Spirit. You need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to have evidence of speaking in other tongues. And he starts bringing in the word that begins messing with the dirt. The more dirt you remove, the more treasure you reveal. The more you allow the word to pick apart the flesh, the more you allow the word to remove things out of your life that are hindering the treasure that's buried within, 
the more that treasure will be revealed. And revealed treasure has potential. Revealed treasure has power. Revealed treasure makes an impact in this earth. When we obey the word and apply it to our lives, it removes dirt that is covering our treasure. When you obey the word, when you apply the word, when you live by the word, when you speak the word, when you meditate on the word, you're slinging dirt. You're slinging dirt out of the way. And what's happening? Treasure starts coming out. And then people start seeing treasure and they're saying, wow, I didn't know that was in there. People start coming by your field and say, man, wish I would have known that was in there. Yeah, I bet you do. But I got someone that purchased my field because they knew the treasure was there in spite of the field, in spite of the dirt and the weeds and all the nastiness on top. And he gave me something to get rid of the dirt so I could reveal this treasure to you. And now I can make an impact in your life. And that's when you start going to work and that's when you start coming home and that's when you start going places and giving away treasure to people. Greatness starts coming out and you start revealing who you really are on the inside. In spite of all the dirt, in spite of all the weeds, in spite of all the nastiness, in spite of all the stuff that looks dysfunctional, in spite of all the stuff that nobody wants to really handle or mess with, in spite of all that, there's been treasure inside. And as long as I live by the word of God, live according to his word, applying his word, being obedient to his word, now this treasure is coming up and it's changing people's lives. Because it wasn't meant for you. It's meant for others. Our potential comes to fruition when we give the word of God full reign, full reign in our lives. We don't want to be hearers only. We want to live, apply, do, meditate, speak the word. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, no matter how much dirt is there, Whether you like the dirt or whether you don't like the dirt. You've got to come to understand that inside of you. Inside of you. Is potential. Inside of you is treasure. Inside of you is something that God saw so valuable. That he purchased you even before you messed up, even before you sinned the first time, even when he knew you were going to sin. He still paid the price while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. He's a lamb slain before the foundations of the world, because at the same time the world was founded, he put treasure inside of you and it got buried up. But there's someone who's in your life today that can begin to uncover that. You've got the word of God. Let it dig it up. Let it pull that greatness out. Value what's inside of you greater than what's on the outside of you. Value what's on the inside of you so much that you don't allow anything that would hinder the treasure around your treasure. Let that greatness come out. Let that greatness be revealed and let that greatness impact others 
for the kingdom of God. Amen? Father, we thank you tonight that you have placed such a great treasure inside each one of us. And Father, I pray that you begin to reveal that treasure to us. The greatness of that treasure. What that treasure really contains. The power and the potential and the capacity. The capabilities, Father. Things that we never knew we could do. Things we never saw ourselves doing. Things that uh, 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 we uh, have written ourselves off in. Father, I thank you that you have placed a treasure inside of us. To make an impact for the kingdom. Father, you've given us your word. You've given us your word. You saw us valuable enough to purchase it. And then you have brought in something that will get all the dirt away. Father, reveal that dirt to us. Reveal to us what is our own will, our own desires, our own wants. Those things that are fleshly. Those things that are going to cost us the treasure. Reveal those things to us so we can get them out of the way. Reveal them to us so we can begin to remove it. We allow your word to become a mirror that reveals the junk and the mess. And I thank you that this treasure will come up out of each one of us. Greatness will rise up out of each one of us so that we can give away the valuable, priceless treasure that is inside. We thank you for this tonight. We honor you and we praise you for all that you have done, all that you are doing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.